0: This is the Savvy Investor Radio Podcast with Mike Connett, a financial planner and estate planning attorney with a master's degree in taxation, and Ryan Herbert, financial
1: and tax planner and six-time five-star wealth management award winner. Now, the Savvy Investor Podcast. Online at TV.com. Also wanna remind you to subscribe to the Savvy Investor Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your on-the-go media. You can take Mike and Ryan. Everywhere you go, get great retirement information. Mike Ryan, how are you guys? Welcome to the weekend.
2: We are doing wonderful, Michael. How about yourself?
1: Doing good. Lots of changes uh, going on to retirement planning. So that's what we're going to talk about today, including uh, a little bit later on in the show, underperforming pensions and how we can make sure that uh, our pensions, if we're lucky enough to have a pension, is performing as it should and that we're uh, doing all the uh, all the things that we should be there. But first, let's talk about the uh, the House of Representative. uh Passed a bill that's the first major change to retirement plans since 2016. Uh, it includes uh, raising the RMD age, required minimum distribution age, all the way to to 72. Also, uh, some annuity options in there as well. Mike and Ryan, what can you guys tell us about this? Help us understand what's going on here.
0: I think this is a wonderful change for. Retirees, There's so many interesting things going on in here. I mean, let's start with the RMD, mm-hmm. the RMD part. You mentioned that first up. You know, RMD, required minimum distributions. The concept here is that you've saved all these years. You've been putting money into your IRAs and your 401Ks and your 403Bs, your 457, the TSP, whatever your retirement plan is. You've been putting money away, and the government has been encouraging you, encouraging you, and they encourage you by giving you tax breaks. And your employer has maybe, if you're lucky, been giving you contributions, matching mm-hmm. contributions. Contributions. So you've taken all this risk, you've you put all the money in yourself, and you get to 70 and a half years old, and the federal government requires you to start taking money out each and every year, and it's it's an age-based thing. You have to take out a little bit every year. Um, typically, it starts out right around three and a half percent, and it grows over time. Well, for a lot of people, they don't necessarily want to start taking this money. They may not need the money, and by Pushing it back by saying we don't have to take it out at 70 and a half anymore. We could take it out at 72. I know it sounds like it's a small time period, mm-hmm. you know, a year and a half, two years, but that's two more years of deferred assets that have more time to grow, more opportunity to grow, not paying tax on it, allowing it to grow further for you in your retirement, especially for people that don't need it. I think this is a huge opportunity for people to, again, just allow that asset to grow just a little bit longer, to accumulate a little bit more net worth for their future. And people are working longer, so they don't want to necessarily take it as early as they did. You know, 20 years ago when people were retiring, they needed to take it early. Now people are working longer. So I think this, I think this is a, a huge thing. And more importantly,
2: because Mike and I are financial planners, but we're also tax planners as well, it gives us an additional year and a half, two years to do some more tax planning for our clients. Because one of the things we've been talking about all year has been Roth conversions with all of our clients, taking some of that money out of the traditional IRAs, paying the tax on it now at these lower tax rates we have for the Mm -hmm. time being and converting them over to Roth IRAs. And a lot of our clients are the older generation. So as they get closer to 70 and a half, that RMD becomes uh, an issue for us. And so now this just gives us a little bit more time to to finish these Roth conversions and try and make their Retirement plan as tax efficient as we can make it.
1: So, as I'm hearing you guys talk here, is the game? And and it's great that they're going to raise the age uh, to uh, to 72. And by the way, it's called the the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement (laughs) Act of 2019. Is that correct? The Secure Act. Uh, The Secure Act. Let's just call it the
0: Let's just call it the Secure Act. The Secure Act.
1: The Secure Act. Uh, So, is the game to try to make those conversions, uh, Mike? Like you and Ryan always talk about now during these 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 low tax years that way later on down the line it doesn't matter whether it's 70 whether it's 70 and a half whether it's 75
0: well, absolutely. I mean, our philosophy is always, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's how much you keep at the end of the day, which mm-hmm. is why we're always espouting how important it is to have tax planning as part of your overall planning. You know, it drives me nuts that these clients come in, they, they've been listening to the radio show, they may be working with another Pfizer, maybe they're even doing it themselves, but I never could understand how an advisor, how some financial person can give you a recommendation to invest your money, to withdraw your money, to do something with your money, and in the same breath, say, sorry, I can't talk to you about the tax implications. Go talk to some tax person. Drives me crazy. And, and, and the CPA is just as bad from the perspective of, they're going to talk to you about what your tax bill is this year, but they very rarely do you get proactive, looking forward tax advice. Ryan and I sit down with each and every one of our, our clients. And, and every year we're talking about not only what are the taxes looking like this year, but what are we doing proactively for the next 5, 10, and 15 years? Come into the office. We'll sit down. We'll talk to you. We'll show you how to create income streams that you and your spouse can't outlive. And we should talk about more because that, that's in this this new SECURE Act as well. But income streams that you and your spouse can't outlive. We'll talk to you about how much you're paying in fees. We're going to talk to you about how much risk you're actually taking. We're going to talk to you about estate planning, long-term care, and most importantly, about the tax implications. We have seven years of incredible tax rates to take advantage and get you in that position. We're lucky. If we do this correctly and we, can, and, and we have the time, mm-hmm. we could even have tax-free income for your entire remainder of your retirement. Imagine having 60, 70, 80, $100,000 a year of tax free income. It's a phenomenal opportunity. Give us a call at 866-597-1040, 866-597-1040.
1: Like you guys always say, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And at ProStatus Financial Advisors Group and here on the Savvy Investor Radio, Mike Kinnett and Ryan Herbert help you grow, keep, and distribute your wealth in the most tax-efficient manner possible. I also want to remind you that they're also online at the SavvyInvestorTV.com there. You can get more great information as well as podcast information and take Mike and Ryan uh, wherever it is that, that, that you go. That way you can get that great retirement advice. Another change to the SECURE Act, uh, they're talking about making it easier for employers uh, to offer plans that include annuities as options for workers. Guys, how is this going to, uh, to help retirees? Well, I personally think it's kind of a double-edged sword. On one hand,
0: you know, for all those people out there that say, I hate annuities and you should too, mm-hmm. clearly the government is saying you're wrong. You shouldn't hate <laughs> annuities. And the government is saying that, look, annuities can be an integral part of a retirement plan if used correctly. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that's the key. You have to use them correctly. Uh, my, my concern is is that by 401k companies now offering these annuities and, and actually showing on the statements what your income could look like Use an annuity because Mm -hmm. that's part of the requirement. And also is that look, if you give your money to an annuity company and you turn it into an income stream, yes, it's all nice and good that the insurance company is going to guarantee you money for the rest of your life. Whatever insurance company they they're doing this these annuities through are going to guarantee you income for the rest of your life. And and presumably Mm -hmm. that is you know I'm doing the quotation of presumably they're going to use good strong insurance companies. The concern I have is that people will have a false sense of security on how these annuities truly work. For example, the TSP, and, and if you're unfamiliar with the TSP, that's basically the federal government's version of a 401k. The TSP for years have always shown their employees exactly how much income their 401k, their TSP is going to be able to create. And there's, there's a line on here that says, when you retire at age 62 and you put your money into annuity, it's going to create a thousand dollars a month for you, guaranteed for the rest of your life that that feels good the problem is is that for most people if you're married or have a significant other that is a single life annuity, which hmm. means that if you get $1,000 a year a month for the rest of your life, that's all well and good unless you get hit by a car the day after you retire and the money is gone. So if you have a significant other, a spouse, if you have heirs that you wanted to leave money to, that type of annuity, your money disappears the day you buy the annuity. You no longer have control of the assets. You can't change your minds. You can't modify anything. It's a one and done system. Now, depending on how these things are set up, maybe the annuity companies might offer a couple different uh variations on how you can create your income stream. But my concern is is that a retiree is going to see that number and it's in a vacuum. We already know employees don't read the prospectuses. They don't read their summary descriptions of their plans. They don't understand completely how these things work. And my concern is that they're going to look at it and say, we're in great financial shape. Mm -hmm. We're going to get $1,000 a month. And that's not what that number means. And another thing to think about is whenever you call
2: your 401k company, your 403b company, you're just calling 800 number, and you're getting someone on the phone, and you don't necessarily know their background, their Mm -hmm. experience, or their knowledge. I disagree.
0: They're 24 years old. They just came out of (laughs) Stock School 101, and they have a check-the-box answer for anything you have to ask, and it will fit into one of their boxes, I promise.
2: Yeah, and and so what they'll say to you is, you know, should I do this annuity? Tell me more about this annuity. They're going to read from their script. They're going to do what Mike says. They're going to check the boxes, and it's going to say, for someone your age, for people your age, we recommend this. We as in the company, not I as in I know what I'm talking about. I know the best thing for you. That's really where the hang up will come by offering these annuities under these 401k plans is it just adds another level of uncertainty another level of possible misunderstanding because mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what you're getting yourself into. You mean one size does not fit all? It does, it's not no. a one size approach?
0: <laughs> Everybody doesn't need the exact same solution? No,
2: no, no. And so, you know, if you if you want to to look at your 401k and you want to analyze the options that you have inside of it, or you want to find out about what can my retirement income look like for my spouse and I? What can the lifetime income look like? What will retirement truly look like for my spouse and I? You have to give Mike and I a call. We'll show you these annuities. If you really want to find out more about annuities, Mike and I will give you the pros and cons of using an annuity. We'll talk about the fees that you're paying. We'll talk about your estate plan. We'll talk about your taxes, but it all starts with giving us a call 866-597-1040.
1: And Mike, And Ryan, you guys were talking about this one, and this one is kind of a big deal, in your opinion, the stretch IRA. What does that mean to us? And if they pass this SECURE Act, uh, how is that going to impact us?
0: Well, I think the biggest part about it is that it's going to have a very huge adverse impact on non-spousal beneficiaries. What usually happens is, you know, most people when they put money away into their retirement accounts, mm-hmm. they save and save and save and, you know, for in our experience, most people save the money first to take care of themselves and if there's anything left over, then for their kids and or, you know, some sort of charitable organization. That's typically what happens. Now, once in a while people just save for their kids, but our experience is that most people save to take care of themselves first. But inevitably, most people have saved plenty of money and there's something left over. Maybe it's a huge nest egg, maybe it's a small nest egg, but they didn't use all the money in their retirement plan. And when they pass away, typically the money would go to their spouse Mm -hmm. um, and the spouse has special rules involved with how they can handle the money. They can put it in their own name. They can do what's called an inherited IRA, which is what we're talking about here with the stretch concept. But for non-spousal uh, beneficiaries for the kids, for the the non-spouse nieces and nephews, well, but even even the, the significant other yeah. is still a non-spouse. Those people have certain rules involved with it. So so when my if I pass away, my wife has an option of either a leaving my IRA in my name for the benefit of my wife, mm-hmm. or she can move it into her own personal IRA, and she has choices. And there's reasons why you would do one or the other. But for my children, if my wife and I both died in the same car accident, my kids would inherit the IRAs and they would have accounts set up. You know, the, the Mike Kinnett inherited IRA for the benefit of one of my children and then the, the Mike Connect inherited IRA for the benefit of my second son. And my kids are forced to take money out. They have what are called required minimum distributions. But the required minimum distributions are based on a period of time, depending on whether I was taking minimum required distributions or not. They could take these things out over 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years over the remainder of their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's called stretching it, right? I mean, if you think about it, instead of taking it all at once, they stretch it out over their lives. And that's an option for them. They can take it all at once, or they can stretch it out. They can take it out in three years, five years, or a little bit. They're forced to take a little bit every year, but they can stretch it out over time. That's a wonderful opportunity for people. You know, For Ryan and myself, at this particular point in our lives, if our parents passed away and left us a large IRA, I know from my perspective and Ryan's perspective, I don't want to be forced to take that money out. I don't need that money today. I would like to postpone it and take the least amount of money necessary for right now. And then in the future, when I'm actually stop working and need the income, maybe take more later. That's called stretching it out. The new rule is going to basically force families, force non-spousal inheritors to take this money out within 10 years. Hmm. That That's a game changer. I mean, that's a huge change. You know, one of the reasons why Ryan and I typically recommend clients when they leave their company to take the money with them, you know, when, when they leave their their, their employer to, to move the TSP out, to move the 401ks to take them with them, because most plans, when it comes to the kids, most plans require this already. You have to take it out within five years, within some fixed period of time. And one of the huge advantages to moving it to an IRA was to allow that child, that non-spousal beneficiary, to extend out how long they take those payments. And under the Secure Act, This is on the House side. They've already passed this bill. They're forcing them to take it out within 10 years. The Senate side has a little different version of it. I don't even know what, you know, theirs is called the the Secure Retirement Enhancement and Savings (laughs) Act. I don't even, I don't know what that acronym is, but, but nevertheless, they're saying that basically you have to take it out within five years, which is even worse. That's absolutely crazy.
1: So the bottom line is is that they just want uh, it, wh- however it comes out they want us to get they want to get our taxes this is basically the bottom line oh they want their money I mean the, the way they
0: look at this is that you've made all the contributions you took all the risk you paid all the fees now they want their one third to fifty percent I hmm. mean that's just that's just the the way you have to look at it and and if you want to be in a position where you aren't forced to take this money out. If you want to be in a position where at least the money is tax-free, where you have flexibility for your beneficiaries, you give us a call at 866-597-1040, 866-597-1040. Sit down with Ryan and myself. Let us show you the implications of how those company-sponsored plans are going to work, how to take advantage of them in such a fashion that you can create those income streams that you and your spouse want, that you can have the estate plan and you know exactly how much you're paying in fees, you know how much risk, you're taking. You know how much taxes you're paying and just as important, how much taxes you're paying now, how much taxes you're going to pay when you take it out for yourself and what your heirs are going to be paying in taxes. It's absolutely critical that we take a look at the tax implications and this act, this this new retirement plan that is coming from the Senate and from the House is a prime example why it's so important to sit down with advisors like Ryan and myself that truly understand the tax implications of what you're
1: doing with your retirement. The SECURE Act will also make it easier for employees to offer plans and include annuities as options for its workers. But let's talk about pensions because uh, nowadays it seems like if pensions are fewer and fewer and you hear that there's a pension crisis going on. Well, Don Peebles, he's the founder of the Peebles Corporation. He tells Fox Business that there's a reason so many public pension funds are struggling right now.
0: They are managed generally by elected officials who actually have no experience uh, in that space. And they make what are political decisions as opposed to business decisions. And they are rarely meeting their benchmark, which is a benchmark is the amount of money that they actually have to make in order to
1: cover their liabilities. Now, Mike, I I see you fidgeting you 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 are just ready to get on the microphone and talk about this because this can make somebody's blood boil you are basically your 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 life savings your retirement dreams your pension and all that is basically in the hands of someone who is not qualified to handle this stuff.
0: You mean, you mean elected officials aren't qualified to uh, handle and manage our money, to be good stewards with our money? Is, is that the implication there?
2: Yes. You know, and it's it's interesting you say that, you know, I think the only new place that you can go now and be guaranteed a pension, if I, uh-huh. if I can use the word guaranteed, is to go work for the federal government. And really that's it. Aside from a few select companies, that's really the only place – that has a pension. That, that you can feel safe about. That you can feel safe about that you're still offered a pension. And another item of note is that Maryland, state of Maryland employees have their own pension. And mm-hmm. and it's not just the state, it's the county, right? Yes. right? The states and all the counties all have their own pensions. And we know that Maryland's pension is only about 25% funded. Wow. So that all the money that they need to have set aside to pay benefits for everyone who's retired now, it's only 25% funded. And, and going to be retired in the future. Yeah, going to be retired in the future. So that is a big issue. How safe do you feel, you know, knowing that 25% of your retirement income is actually set aside and the others just out there due
0: to some creative accounting tactics that they might be using? And think about this: when we come up short, us as the taxpayers mm-hmm. have to come up with that shortage, right? And across the country, now that's the state and local pensions. But you mentioned that you know corporate pensions. The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation used to actually publish online. You could go to their website and look and see how unfunded, how sh- how much shortage we had in our corporate funding for pensions. You should be able to go and look. And I think the last number I saw was something like $468 billion. And that was back in 2008, before the fiscal crisis happened. And then they removed it. They won't even tell you how underfunded the pension systems are in the United States. These companies have been assuming they're going to get 10 and 12 and 14% returns for years and and quite frankly, if you go back and we've said this before on the air, we hear all the time, you know, the stock market averages, you know, 8, 10, 12% mm-hmm. over time, and that's true if you have 90 years, that's absolutely true. If you go back to basically the turn of the 1900s all the way up to today, it's averaged about 8, 9, 10%. But if you take away 8 82 to 99, or quite frankly, if you just look from 2000 to 2018, yeah, you're not getting eight and 10%. I think the internal rate of return of the S&P and the Dow is about three and a half percent. You know, the compounded rate of return, because we only care about uh, compounded money. We never look at it from a, you know, simple interest. It's always compounding. Compounded rate of return is about three and a half percent. Even if you throw dividends in there, you're only at about five and a half, maybe six if you're lucky. So these are... These pension companies, these corporations are woefully underfunded. And what ends up happening is the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation has to step in and pay your pension. And if anybody knows people that have retired from half of the airlines or the steel industry, those guys are getting 50 cents on the dollar wow. if they're lucky. Yeah. And, and think about that. You've worked all these years. You've given up wages. You've taken less wages in exchange for that guaranteed income from a pension. And these pension companies, these, these corporations did not put away the money that they were supposed to put away. They were not good stewards with your own money. And now they're coming up short. They want you to take 50 cents on the dollar. It's absolutely insane what's going on out there. That's why it's so important. You need to sit down with people like Ryan and myself where we can sit down, we can show you how to create those income streams. We can talk to you about your pension. We can look at what the options are. We can help you figure out how funded your pension company really is. Is there going to be enough to actually
1: take care of you for the next 20, 30, 40 years of your retirement? To take care of you and your spouse. You're probably listening to this, uh, listening to Mike and Ryan talking, you're thinking, well, if you are uh, a professional at that level, you should be qualified. You should know what you're doing. You should have my best interest at heart firsthand. But that's not necessarily the case. And Mike, that's why it's so important. To work with somebody who is, and if you've never heard this term before, it's called a fiduciary, which basically means you have, uh, you know, a legal responsibility to do what's in our best interest. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to work with someone like like yourself, Mike, like like you, Ryan, uh, who is a fiduciary and and truly does have our best interest uh, at heart and is going to do the right thing by us.
2: Yeah, and that's that's a conversation I was just having with. Uh, Someone who came in from the radio just earlier this week talking about the difference between Mike and myself versus the person that they're using it at one of the big box stores. Mm -hmm. And when the fiduciary ruling came out, when it was proposed, the big box stores spent millions and millions of dollars fighting it so that they do not have to look out for their client's best interest. They even got a piece of paper that I could give to you and say, I know I'm supposed to look out for your best interest, but sign this piece of paper and I can do whatever I want to do to you.
0: The huh. big report. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know, it, it is important to work with a fiduciary. You want to work with someone who's looking out for your best interest, has your interests in mind, who is not controlled. They're not captured. They're not being told what they can and can't sell for you. You want... You know, Mike always uses the reference of a carpenter coming to your house. Do you want a carpenter that comes to your house and he has a hammer, a screwdriver, and a nail gun? Or do you want the contractor that comes to your house and he has a massive truck full of tons of tools, some of them he might use, some of them he won't use on you, but just having the options available to you, that is the most important thing when it comes to retirement, is having the options to choose when and how you want to retire.
0: And think about this as well. From the perspective of that whole fiduciary thing, why would you not want to work with somebody who has to look out for your best interest? And then the question I think you should always ask the advisor is, who pays you? Is some other company paying you to sell me and make recommendations to me? Or do, do I pay you? And from what I mean by that is that where's their paycheck come from? For these big wire and these big box stores, They get paid by the big box store. What you give them to invest is irrelevant. If they do well for you or poor for you, as long as they're bringing money in, they get a paycheck. Hmm. For people like Ryan and ourselves, we actually work for you. Our income is based upon our success with you. When you make more money, we make more money. When you lose money, we lose money. And think about that. How much more aligned can you have your interest that we are both successful together or we both suffer together? Yeah. That's not what happens with these big warehouses. His paycheck or her paycheck, they're getting paid $10,000 a month, regardless if your accounts go up and down. They get paid $10,000 a month, regardless if they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. It doesn't matter. They get their paycheck month in and month out from their employer. You should always want to know, are you working for me or do you work for somebody else? That's why it's so important. Sit down. Give us a call. 866-597-1040. 866-597-1040.
1: Mike Canette, Ryan Herbert. Appreciate you guys being here and uh, helping us through these difficult decisions as uh, Washington is making changes to our retirement plans and our retirement futures. Hopefully it's a good thing and we appreciate you both for being here. As always, though, you guys get the final word here on the Savvy Investor Radio.
2: This is Ryan Herbert. Thanks for listening to Savvy Investor Radio. And
1: this is Mike Connect.
0: We'll see you, The Savvy Investor, next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Savvy Investor Radio
0: podcast, brought to you by ProStatus Financial. For more info on Mike and Ryan, to schedule a consultation or upcoming workshop and radio show times, go to thesavvyinvestortv.com.
1: Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Mike Kinnett and Ryan Herbert are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products. Insurance licensed in Maryland.